Welcome to episode 5 of Cast IQ, the intelligent podcast for entrepreneurs. For those not familiar, we are an entrepreneurial and personal development podcast. There's no ads, there's no paywall. Uh, we essentially just want to provide you with wall-to-wall content that you can take away and apply immediately. Um, all that we do ask is that if you do get some benefit from our episodes, then you share and tell other people about it. Um, perhaps subscribe and also to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That's all we ask. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. This week's episode features a founder's story from Leona Burton. For those that don't know Leona, she's the joint CEO of Meba. Mums in Business Association, which in just two years has gone global. Meebo was started by Leona and her stepsister Estelle and is officially the fastest growing networking group that supports women and mothers in business. We get to chat to the woman behind the entrepreneur and understand why she's so driven towards change for women. Success is never easy and Leona's story is no different. We chart her troubled teenage years, being a young mum of five, the pressure of conformity being skint, the drive to succeed whilst battling her own imposter syndrome, and to finding her why. This is an interview which charts a life from struggle to a global entrepreneur and co-author in just two years. As with all our founders' stories, it's no holds barred and it's raw. This is Leona Burton, and this is her founder's story. Well, I've got Leona Burton with me. Uh, she's the joint CEO of the fastest growing women's business association. She's a co-author of a book also. She has an international profile as uh, much as anything else and, and, and is for all intents and purposes a global entrepreneur. But I suspect that's not always been the case. And, and I'm interested and I'm sure our listeners, you our listeners are interested in hearing more about the kind of the woman behind it. and and what led her to, to where she is now. So welcome, Leona. Wow, thank you so much for that introduction. No pressure. <laughs> no pressure at all. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about where you come from then. What, what, you know, where did you begin life? Oh, wow. That's a, is it, how long have we got? Okay, so I am a mum of five. I originated from Leicester in the sunny United Kingdom and um, I travelled around a little bit and found found myself in a place called Monmouthshire which is very beautiful, very small on the edge of Wales and and England and um, that's where that's where my life began I feel, you know up until this point I was just a, a wayward teenager, I I mean, how far do you want to go back? For me, I think the start of my journey was being in in junior school. I was very, very clever, very ahead. I was brought up by a single dad and I stood out like a sore thumb. But really, I, I wasn't aware of it. I wasn't aware of my ability. I wasn't really aware of my situation in being brought up by a single dad. 
um, I was just, I was just doing me. And then I got to secondary school and secondary school is a whole different ball for me. Secondary school in an inner city school was, was really interesting. Um, and my differences really started to become apparent. Um, so I kind of lost my, I lost myself throughout secondary school. Um, and it didn't matter, I moved schools a couple of times and I just found the whole process of secondary school very, very difficult, being so far ahead and academic and being brought up by a single dad. That was, that was much more complicated throughout my teens. Um, I ended up, um, you know, finding my husband when I was 15. My husband and I got together at 14 and 15 and we were pregnant with our first son at 18. Uh, actually, I was 17 and I had an 18. And so throughout my teens, it was, a, it was a really, really difficult time for me. I ended up leaving school without any qualifications and, and no real no real hope for the future. I'd gone from being kind of, you know, within a Mensa IQ to leaving school with no education, kind of finding myself in a, in a little studio apartment with a very confused direction in life. And I think that's, you know, that definitely has helped shape my journey going forward. Um, so there was a lot of struggle in those early days. Um, and by the time I was 21, I had three children. I was in college full time. I was trying to find my passion. I was trying to find my purpose. I was very, very lost. I spent a couple of years doing, you know, random college courses just to feel my way. Um, so to give you a little bit of understanding, I come from a family that are full of entrepreneurs. Um, they're all business owners, entrepreneurs, or performers, high-level performers. So um, my uncle is Engelbert Humperdinck, and all of the performers in my family are, you know, royal variety show performers, television, you know, television actresses and actors. And so I felt the pressure, you know, I felt that pressure of, I'm not an actor, I'm not a performer, even though that's what I wanted to do, and I'm not a successful business owner. So I felt the pressure from both ends. And it was only really when I hit 23 that I started to pursue my passion in performance. So I started up at college doing performing arts, and then I went on to do HND in musical theatre. And whilst I was, you know, Throughout that process, I was driving 100 miles every single day to do, to do that course, which was difficult with three young children. Um, and my eldest son is actually autistic, so that was just, you know, it was a journey in itself. Um, I left, I did musical theatre, I faced some challenges along the way, you know, I'm quite curvy. So <clears throat> even though I had the skill set, it was... Um, it had become quite apparent quite quickly that I was either going to have to lose a lot of weight or I was going to have to tailor my expectation of my career. <laughs> Which was, you know, that's not easy when you're in your early 20s, when you're a mom and when you have, you know, body confidence issues and all of that kind of stuff that young people and older people face. Um, so I started throughout that process doing some television work I was really, really fortunate to do, uh, to work in television for around seven years on and off. 
Um, I worked with some incredible actors and directors and crew. And that's where my passion for networking started. So I soon realized that it wasn't just what I knew, it was who I knew. And I knew that I needed to be <clears throat> within an influential circle. I knew that I needed to be in a room where there were people moving and shaking and not just talking hot air, but actually yeah. making a difference in the industry, right? Indeed. I can imagine. So there's <laughs> so, a lot of that about, uh, isn't there? Oh, yeah, I mean, so much. So I knew then that network was really, really powerful. And so the, the coming years, I mean, I left television because of my son's autism, but, <clears throat> but I, I implemented what I'd learned into business. Um, some went more successfully than others. You know, I had a couple of failures. You know, I call them lessons, but we'll call them failures, whatever. I, mean, I almost went bankrupt about seven years ago. Um, but all of those things that I went through, all of those struggles and highs and lows and, you know, being at celebrity parties and then going to, you know, going home to bailiffs at my front door, <clears throat> all of that stuff, that, that gave me a foundation. That gave me an understanding of what I wanted, what I didn't want how I wanted to run a business, what impact I wanted to have on people. And, and so I, I genuinely believe that I went through all of that stuff to collate all that information. Does that make sense? It does, absolutely. And, and I know you've said that you've got um, three children, um, the eldest. Got, sorry? I've got five children now. Sorry, so five have, children. Um, yeah. Sorry, I was looking at, you, at 21 you had three, but now you've got five. I mean, that can't yeah. have been easy. Not, mad, not as well as managing a career and, and starting a business. And I, What challenges did you have during, you know, say, early motherhood, let's say? I mean, so I had no mum. So I had no mum from the age of one. Um, and so I had nothing to go off, you know, I had no strong, you know, real female influence. I had a couple of people, but nobody that was a mum. And so that was difficult for me, you know, I'm young, I have no experience, I have no idea what mum's supposed to do. So it was, it was a lot of learning as you go, uh, which in parenting, that's really fun. Um, So there was a lot of <clears throat> trying to understand what was possible, what was, you know, too much pressure on myself. And I think even still now, you know, just getting the balance right. I think we all strive for this idea of balance, but actually it's kind of a mythical creature. Um, and so I'm much easier on myself than I was when I was trying to be a young mum. I faced a lot of prejudice, which made my life quite complicated. Um, and so that wasn't easy, it wasn't easy, but I just, I had to learn as I went. And I think <clears throat> that's something that, you know, I have done with my business and parenting and being life and just being a person is understanding that it's okay to learn as you go. Um, but it wasn't always easy and it's still not easy. You know, my eldest is 16 now and he obviously his autism is still there and he's a teenager and that's a process and, you know, managing five different children and their five different expectations and, you know, they're all different humans in different, different ways. Um, 
And I and I choose to homeschool, so I homeschooled way before you know COVID came along, and and it's been really interesting to see how my children develop in different ways. Um, but it's what I love. It's what I really enjoy. But it has been a process. It's been it's been difficult. You know, it's been a challenge. It's not parenting is not easy. No, and I think some people make it look easy, don't they? And you know, when the reality is, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's it, it, and I'm sure that even though they might, they might, I suppose, for all intents and purposes, to the out, to those on the outside, make it look easy. I'm sure they don't find it easy either, and it's not intentional. But it, it's, you know, it's one of those things, isn't it? I mean, I, I have, I only have two children. Um, eldest is eleven. Um, I have a stepdaughter as well, so a third technically, who's five, going on six, and yeah. um, and it's. You know, it's never easy, you know, because like you say, you've got three different expectations, three different competing um, levels of attention. Um, mm. And, you know, as they go up into teenagers as well, it's kind of like they, they quite simply don't want to be with you, but <laughs> but equally still need you. And there's the, oh, yeah. there's the kind of tr- struggle there too. But, yeah, um, and it is different. And all of my children, like my five children have both, sets of parents they have the same mum and dad they've been brought up the same you know we have the same morals and ethics that we did 16 years ago but they're all so different and they are all so different um that sometimes I wonder how we created both of them you know all all five of them just me and my husband yeah it is really it's difficult and it is it's a process um it's a process that I'm just taking each day as it comes. So, so yeah, I mean, you know, it's a journey. It's, yeah. it's definitely, definitely a journey. You spoke about prejudice. What prejudice did you come up against? Oh, wow. So I, um, I face lots because obviously, you know, I come from a quite an affluent family, a family that are successful and, you know, all of that fluffy stuff. And it wasn't, it wasn't the done thing, you know, my, a lot of my family went to private school and all of that fun stuff. Um, so instantly there was prejudice that I felt from my family. Um, and then I, you know, I, I wasn't married to my husband for a long time. So there was prejudice from the, the teachers at school and there was prejudice from the other parents. And even though I worked exceptionally hard and I did everything to provide for my children, I felt like I was always being judged for, for being a young parent. You know, that prejudice was, was, was always apparent, even down to not having the same surname as my children. Um, it just, yeah, just things that you wouldn't think about if you didn't know. Does that make sense? You know, those things, they really bothered me. And I allowed them to bother me for a long time. Um, and I felt like I had something to prove. And I know that I felt like I had something to prove for a long time. Um, so again, it was, I, I've come to understand that, that that's my, that was on me, you know. I'm not going to allow anybody to tell me what I can and can't do now. But I also understand that at the time, I allowed that to hold me back from things that I wanted to do. 
yeah that, that makes sense i mean at the end of the day i suppose when when we look at prejudice we look at kind of societal kind of expectations don't we and it's almost like especially um i suppose especially in in certain areas and in certain kind of um, communities you know being a young mum and not being married it is considered like very very not the done thing and and yet you know you could be the best parent in the world <laughs> yeah. and the best parents <laughs> in the world and have the best relationship in the world but because you've not got a piece of paper you know heaven forbid um also i suspect when you when you talk about kind of prejudice because of affluence i suppose there's an element of jealousy there isn't there as, as well yeah i mean so my wider family are are all very affluent my immediate family were not so much so there was an element of you know we'd go to family parties and i never felt good enough everybody's wow. rocking up in their porsche and their ferrari and you've got a french chef over from france cooking food and and everybody's kind of whether it was deliberate or not i mean you know the the talk of money was very apparent and I was always very aware of that from a young age. I was very aware of that from a young age. And, and I always felt that I shouldn't be there. I shouldn't, I wasn't worthy of being in that conversation. Um, and, and that carried on until well into becoming an adult and into my twenties, that, that, that was still there. Um, and it's really funny because now, you know, I've co-created something that is, we are officially the fastest growing female networking company in the world. And, you know, we were featured by Forbes and we've created a huge impact in the last two years. Now those people are, you know, oh, well done. And, you know, ta -da -da. and I think, yeah, it's okay now because on paper I'm successful. But when I was working my butt off to get to this point you didn't want to have a look at it does that make sense you you didn't you know you weren't there you weren't supportive um so that's been quite it's been quite an eye-opener um and this is when i talk about success to people you know success is for me is different in different people's eyes some people are successful when they can pay their bills and order fish and chips on a Friday night. You know, that's success to them. Other people's idea of success is to have a billion dollar company. And actually, why should they be compared? You know, they shouldn't be because you, they're not comparable, right? They're, they're different. They, you know, each, for me, success is in the eyes of the person who's driving towards whatever it is they want to achieve. Um, and why I'm really big on inclusivity within my organization. Um, so, you know, the networking events actually are a huge drive for me to create inclusivity within female entrepreneurship, you know, to, to make sure that women can be in that room 
and they can be from all different walks of life and and it doesn't matter whether you've got a ten thousand pound handbag or whether you've got a, an asda carrier bag it really doesn't matter at what point you're coming into that room and what possessions of what you've managed to achieve and what's in your bank it's more about you as a person and how we can bring those people together and combine forces and combine ideas and and power i i genuinely believe power is in the collaboration you know and 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 that for me is a huge a huge drive for me yeah absolutely i couldn't agree more with you um one thing that i i did want to ask is that i mean obviously there's no doubt in you know your success and where you're going and we'll, we'll cover that a little bit you know in a few minutes but what was the catalyst for you actually starting the business? What, what kind of, I don't know, was there a low point? Was there a point where you just thought, you know what, I've had enough of this? Yeah. And there pardon my friends, but bollocks to you, I'm going to start, I'm going to, I'm going to do something different. So uh, I'd, I'd grown several businesses and obviously, you know, I talked about, you know, my, my lessons that I learned along the way. And I always, always felt that there wasn't a support system. You know, there was a lot of judgment and you looked for a business mentor and people wouldn't take me seriously. And I would walk into a room at networking events and I would always feel, you know, I would always feel like an outcast. And it was very, forgive me, I know you know, but it was very male dominated and it was it was quite an uncomfortable experience and after a few of those and then I faced um, an issue with somebody slandering my name I think at that moment I thought fuck this like fuck this forgive my yeah. French but it was it was I'm not dealing with this I'm, I'm just not putting up with this anymore and if there's people like me and you know, there's people like my sister who are to face her own her own issue. Um, then there's got to be other people like us. There's got to be people who feel frustrated with the situation. And when we were looking online, there was nowhere. There was nowhere that women were talking about what it really took to, to grow a business. There was a lot of fake it till you make it rah rah online. You know, there was a lot of we drink martinis on the beach. You know, and work four hours a week. Well. I know a lot of really successful people and that I cannot tell you one of them who does that, right? Oh. So, <laughs> like, I, if there are, then you need to show me them because I need to learn their tricks, but I'm yet to find that person. So it was, it was understanding that there are people out there who feel the same way. You know, there have got to be. And that's what we did. That's how we formed Miva. That's how we formed, you know, initially the Facebook group. What challenges did you have when you started up? What challenges did we have starting up? So we grew very, very quickly. I mean, you've got to remember that we went from no following to in our fourth month, we had 15,000 members. And that in itself brought some issues, you know, issues kind of managing the level of traffic that went through the group and managing people's expectations is quite difficult um so there was a, and then obviously we faced you know as we started to monetize we faced people 
you know, copying us and taking our ideas and, you know, people that were working for us kind of, you know, running off and doing their own thing. So there was, there was a lot of challenges. There have been a lot of challenges along the way. Um, and I'm sure there will be going forward, you know, as you grow, there are more lessons to learn. But I think, um, I think that was the main challenge is kind of managing people's expectations of, you know, who we were, what we're about. Um, there were a lot of people telling us how to do things. Um, there were a lot of people trying to persuade us. There was a lot of, um, the, and there's, there has been a lot of people trying to empire build within our organisation. Um, so facing all of those kinds of things uh, from a very young company and to women who have only ever grown small businesses previously to growing, uh, you know, a fast moving, you know, fast scaling company has been a challenge. So that, that's been an interesting journey for us. Yeah. How did you, how have you come, how do I word this? How have you kind of, defeated that challenge then how have you kind of risen above it um so lots of communication with each other i think is really really has really really helped i think being very very in touch with our vision and our expectation of our brand um so that when the shiny penny comes along and when people are trying to guide you in a direction that looks attractive but but it's typically for their benefit actually reminding yourself of why you're doing this and what you want out of the equation and what our purpose is and our vision is for our business is, is crucial, is absolutely crucial. And what is your vision for the business? Where do you see it, say, I mean, obviously you're two years in, um, where do you see it, say, year five? Um, so year five, it will be worth 10 million. So okay. year five, we've already had that predicted. Um, for me, don't get me wrong, I love money, but it's, it's more of a passion project for me. So I want to change the face of networking. I want to rival BNI. I want to um, give female entrepreneurs the opportunity to be able to grow their businesses without prejudice, without judgment. I want to um, really spread the message. We're, we're creating a charity so that women can access funds for their business. And, and there's just so many things going on. We're in talks about creating a documentary. I just want to leverage our following as much as possible to create change because I, I truly believe there is so much change that is needed within the entrepreneurial space full stop. Um, and I want to, I want to be the company that does that, or kind of, you know, a company that people look up to for creating waves. Um, and we are, we are creating waves. I mean, we definitely are. And it's hard for me because there are so many people that are just blown away by our level of success. And to me, I'm just thinking, well, I'm just doing what I can do. Um, and it was really ignorance on fire. It was, it wasn't truly strategic. It wasn't a well thought out and mapped out business plan. It was, here's the score. We know that there are women that feel like this and we want to help them feel better, you know? And it was purely that. Um, and it's turned into a hugely successful organization that's growing rapidly. We've just opened up into another four countries in the last week. So, 
I mean, yeah, I mean, I love what I do. I'm hugely passionate about what I do. For me, it's so much more than just the business. It's about what the business is enabling other people to do and creating, you know, creating generational wealth, creating, um, you know, security for those women and their their families is really really important for me to be that support system for a lot of women is the very thing that has allowed us to become so successful because so many women don't have that support network for whatever reason um and we're working on a lot of projects going forward to help disadvantaged women so women that have been abused or you know women that are in prison for whatever reason so many different ways in which we can support those females going forward so that we give them skills so that they're able to go and make their own money you know i'm, I'm currently working on a project for the dominican republic to work on the prostitution issue out there because that's a huge problem so there's there's so many different ways in which that we can help females and that we can help turn things around for them because a lot of the time they're just not given a second chance or they're not looked at as somebody who might have the potential to, to grow something. In a nutshell then, what five things would you change tomorrow if you could globally in terms of oh. supporting women oh. and mothers? Oh, what would... I... Okay, so firstly, oh, I don't even know where to start. I mean, there is just so much. So I would like to be in a position of huge influence. Now, I'm lucky I have a, a big influence already, but I would like to be Oprah level of influence because I genuinely feel like I can make shit happen. Um, <laughs> I want to create security for female entrepreneurs. I would, at grassroots, I would want to get in with the teens. So I want to create something for teenagers because I genuinely believe that when you are a young parent it's almost like people dismiss your life you know that's it they've had children that's it they've done and it's yeah. just you know like hello okay so they've had a baby right it doesn't have to be the end of the world we now need to educate them on how to maintain a level of sanity how to still have some you know time to be able to grow as a person how they can create an income around having that child um so that would be part of it that that that's a huge driving force for me is it allowing them to understand that that's still a possibility so from a grassroots level i would want to get in and work with the teens from another level i would want to go in and work with um, females who are disadvantaged so there would be several things I would do from different angles to be able to bring it all together does that make sense so I've got different ways so a lot of the time we get asked to work with corporate now as much as corporate is great money it's not of any interest to me because that's not helping the people I want to help the people from the bottom up you know, I want to be able to, because I genuinely believe that it's all about education. And I don't mean your ABCs and your one, two, threes. I mean about genuine life education, giving them life skills that they can then use to turn into an income, which is then going to, you know, make life easier for them. It's going to get people off the street. It's going to get kids away from drug dealing and all of the stuff that they face. So I believe that if we implement something at the bottom and allow it to, bleed throughout i do believe that that's where you create change rather than trying to go into corp and teach them how to grow their social media you know i'm not 
I love money and I think billionaires are awesome, but I'm not all about helping billionaires become more successful. I want, I want the people to have the tools to be able to help themselves. Completely agree. And I think you've touched on education too. And I think it's so important, particularly for, um, in fact, for children generally, but more, but more so for, um, for girls as much as women as well is financial education you know learning the difference between assets and liabilities and and mm-hmm. and, and understanding i suppose and being given the, the tools to be able to kind of create their own wealth and um and it, it's something which one isn't taught in schools at any level really um, no I mean, fact, I went business and it was literally you know learning the difference between a limited company and a sole trader i mean hello is that what business is really about no it's Absolutely. not it's just not so one of the the first course i did at college was business studies and i swore when i learned business studies i would never had a business never had a business never have a business because i was like that is so boring i don't want to sit around all day doing that um, and and that's not what it's about you know it's not about that that stuff if that's not what you can enjoy you can outsource you know you don't have to do that so again it's it's giving the kids the tools that they need going forward to become self-sufficient because there is not enough self-sufficiency going on at all around the world so i think that's so important that we educate them outside of you know maths english and science on actual real life stuff. And this is why I homeschool now, because I wanted my kids to have a fundamental understanding of how the world works, of how to make money, of how to, you know, how to pay your taxes, how to, you know, leverage social media, how to communicate in a, in a meeting, how to do all of those things. They're not taught that. They're not taught that. My children used to come home with homework, bear in mind I was a grade A student, and bring stuff like that I could not remember. You know, I couldn't remember who defeated who first in in whichever war or, you know, who conquered this place or all of the stuff that we've spent so many years learning. Am I saying it's not important? No, but I am saying that there are other things that are just as, if not more important than, you know, learning about that kind of stuff. So I just think I wanted to create more of a balance understand it for my children going forward and what they have done is my two you know my two middle children have created businesses so and they my son especially who's 14 he has a very profitable business he only started maybe four months ago and so he's really absorbed all that i've told him and he's implemented it but i don't do it for him I do it with him, you know, I'm helping him, guiding him, but I I won't do it for him because I want him to be able to create something where he can then take on going forward and use all of those skills that he's learned. Um, And he's also sitting his GCSEs early. So he has a good combination of both. Um, and, And for me, it's just focusing on your skills and what you really love and growing from there because you can't possibly be good at everything. It's just impossible. You know, it's just an impossibility. And I think if we nurture children and we allow them to have some breathing space to find their creativity within a subject that they love, that's where the magic happens rather than, come on, you've not got an A star, that's it, your life's over, go and work in McDonald's. Well, you know, nothing wrong with working in McDonald's, but 
I, I just think there's just there's not enough encouragement from the, from the up. I completely agree, and and I think also too like you know I mean I know there are certain schools now in the UK that do have kind of tendencies to lean more towards enterprise and entrepreneurship. I know my daughter's yeah. school is, is, a, is a school of um, enterprise, um, which is useful because it kind of ties in links with other, other businesses. But you know, what, what mm -hmm. struck me, and um, obviously she's only moved over to secondary school um, last, this last year. And, mm -hmm. uh, and in the kind of pre-meetings pre that we had with school, they, they were all about how they can be great employees. And I was just thought, oh God. Oh, really? God. Let's teach them how to go to work nine to five and pay. Absolutely. Tax. Let's build be great little Deep. drones. You know, it's just, if I, I found it frustrating, and, and I know me and a mum looked at each other and just thought, oh my God, really? It, it, yeah. And I think, like you say, I think it, it needs to be at more grassroots level. Kids need to learn more about money. They need to understand about, you know, kind of delaying gratification for things and. and you know, and, and understanding that, you know, sometimes it's better off not buying X, Y, Z and instead putting it to one side or even investing in it so that they can create more money. You know, it's all these kind of basic things that they could be taught and, and would give them good, you know, put them in good stead. So, I, and, and, sorry, sorry and, and like, so looking at my three older children who are 16, 14 and 12. So my oldest son has always been of employee mindset. He's always been, I knew from very, very young that he wasn't going to be the boss. He wasn't. And, and that was also okay. So it's not for me, it's about finding, you know, I've talked about him, to him about how he can make more money doing what he's doing and how he could, but for him right now, he, he works as a, a plumbing apprenticeship. I mean, it's plumbing is good money, but he's just, he would prefer the nine to five. He knows what paycheck he's getting, yada, yada, yada. You know, he, that's the way his mind ticks. But my other two children understand entrepreneurship. So my son is saving money. He wants to invest in property and, and all of this fun stuff. So it's just, for me, it's about giving them the opportunity to make a decision for themselves, an educated decision, right? Rather than this is the score you're going to go work for somebody else at 16, 18, whatever, you know? Um, so I just think it's educating them and then giving them a choice. You know, inevitably kids are going to do whatever they want to do anyway. But I think if you educate them to the point where they understand the decisions that they're going to make. Without a doubt. Yeah, so that's my kind of my fundamentals of what I want to do. But I just I have so much that I want to do. It's hard to articulate. I can imagine it, it, it seems I think when something is, is such like you say a, a passion project as you put it um you know and, and a labor of love you, you kind of find yourself you know flying in all sorts of directions trying like you say trying to create change on on, on all sorts of levels but nonetheless I mean you, you've obviously you, you've developed the business you're two years in I mean you've got three children five children should I say and how did you manage that? I mean, you've built a global business and yet you've got five children and you homeschool. So you don't have to, you don't pack them off to school and have, you know, like 
four or five hours where you can actually have some free time. You, they're there with you, aren't they? Yeah. So I think, so the first six months of homeschooling was quite torturous for me. Um, I was trying to find my feet and trying to find my flow. And I felt I was, you know, I was in the mindset of education is nine to three, you do schoolwork, right? But what I started to understand is that education is in, is in everything. So, you know, you go out for dinner, you're looking at the menu prices if if you're on a budget or you know you're working out communication between you and the waiter you're learning to I mean my eldest son's moved out now but there used to be seven of us going out for food so it was kind of you know being understanding of each other and we've been able to travel and looking at different cultures so for us for me I started to understand that there there were ways in which we could educate our children and ourselves through everyday stuff rather than sit down get your pen and paper out it's time to be abc right so for example my son he's three so when we go to the beach um you know we practice our writing in the sea in the sea in the sand and you know for my children they they've got to learn budgeting so i take 10 percent of what my children earn and put it to one side so that it gets them into good stead of kind of saving for taxes and you know understanding how to communicate with their clients and and i had to write an article for a magazine the other day so i gave it to my son to write um on my behalf and you know that was part of his English so it was for me I've started to understand that really you can learn so much through all of the stuff that you're doing in your everyday life cooking you know all of the the stuff that you kind of take for granted I now understand that actually that's important for my children to understand also so they do their basic you know they do their English maths and science but also I found that they've learned so much more than they would if they were sat in a classroom and this isn't me kind of bashing anybody that wants to put their children in school but this is my interpretation of having my children in a school setting and now having them out of a school setting um, and really when you think about the, the amount of children in a classroom and the amount of time that they're in that class the, the ability to learn all that they've got to learn is you know is it must be difficult having 30 children in a classroom and, and trying to get them all on the same page at the same time. They're, no wonder some children are falling behind because they're falling through the gaps. So yeah. for me, it's given me the ability to be able to plug those gaps. Um, again, I focus on their strengths. We obviously work on the issues that they have within their education. You know, my daughter is has certain my daughter so i have a son who was very very behind my eldest son and i have a son who's very very ahead and my daughter were kind of middle of the road right and she just she was a plodder she just got through school wasn't well, they weren't amazing grades but they were kind of good but what i've realized is that since i started to homeschool it was actually she has a slight tendency to dyslexia um and it's only slight but i would have not known about it if i hadn't have her out of school so now I'm able to support her through that process because I have the understanding and I have the time to be able to make that happen so how do I balance work and that well they both equally are of importance to me and I genuinely believe 
that people are busy. Everybody's busy, right? You ask anybody how they are, they're busy. Well, if you look at the time that you actually spend doing something that's relevant or important, it's much smaller than you would first anticipate, right? Mm -hmm. So the first thing I do with people when they come to me and they say, I'm really busy, I don't know how you do it all. It's like, oh, let's, let's look at how you're using your time. Let's look at how you're using your time because I can pretty much guarantee that you're not using your time as effectively as possible. Because we all, you know, we go to post on social media, then you might find yourself 15 minutes down the line scrolling through somebody's stuff that you don't even know, right? So again, it's just how do you use your time as effectively as possible and still create what it is that you want to create? Does that make sense? It does, absolutely. And I think you're on the money there because managing time and managing your workload it is is ultimately the key and one of the things that that you know i have within my business and i try and implement within certain you know within my coaching clients as well is to at least spend 90 minutes a day on business development and it's a surprise mm -hmm. how many people say i don't have time to do that it's like it's an hour and a half out of the yeah. 10 hours you're going to work in the day you know it, it it is about time management it is about getting the balance right and it is about kind of you know like you say, I, I think it's slightly different with children because obviously that they are a kind of, it's not something that you can kind of compartmentalise, is it? <laughs> no, they do you know, have, yes. They I are agree. balls of random. Yeah, you've got to, I have learned to become more flexible. Um, obviously there are things in my diary that can't be moved, but there are also things where I know that I've got to be flexible with my children. Do you know what I mean? You, you, you know that sometimes your children need you or they, you know, they're having a wobbly moment or, but the one thing I will say is I communicate very openly and honestly with my children. So even, even my three-year-old, you know, I obviously don't go into detail so you wouldn't understand, but communication for me is really, really crucial. Um, so communicating to them that if mommy does this, then it's going to give me the ability to do this. You know, and I think then they start to understand, oh, okay, so we've got to sacrifice this or we've got to sacrifice some time with my mum. But actually, if I give her the space to be able to do this, we're going to be able to do this afterwards, you know? And it's kind of them then understanding that life isn't just about taking it all and having it all at the same time because that just quite frankly doesn't exist. It's if I do this, then my result is going to be this or somewhat around that you know, that this. Um, so I think communication for me has been crucial with my children and, be, you know, for them to understand what it is that we're working towards as a family. Agreed. Completely agree. So talk, let's, let's look at the brass tacks of um, Mum Doing Business Association then. Um, yeah. You, you're two years in. Um, target, uh, well, uh, projected turnover of, of half a million this year mm -hmm. um or thereabouts is it yeah is that right i mean i mean covid has been interesting for us um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean around around half a million we were projected six to seven hundred thousand i reckon we'll be more around five to six okay and what support do you have then 
Um, just coming back, I suppose, in terms of the, getting the, the balance and time, what support do you kind of draw upon then? And what support can other mums in business draw upon when it comes to kind of managing, you know, responsibilities family-wise and, and, and business as well? So um, I, I don't have a very large support system. I have my husband um, and that's about it. Um, you know, I, I strongly suggest people get mentors or coaches, but again, I kind of, I would encourage everybody to do their research before they invest with somebody. Um, just purely because there are so many charlatans out there. there I do believe that, you know, that the social media, the internet is incredible, but it also has given people the opportunity to really rip people off. Um, so for those people who don't have a great support system, you know, find those people, find accountability. And if you can't afford a coach or a mentor, find your community. I think that's why we've never been so successful because we've given the women the ability to be able to have that accountability or that support system without spending you know 15 grand on a coach that they don't have um cool. so i think having having a support system is really really important if that's not your husband or wife or parents or you know the people that initially people expect to be supportive um, which often aren't i think again that's a myth um then it's finding that support system within a different environment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so coming back into Mums in Business Association then, um, you've mentioned obviously uh, networking events and, and things like that. Fundamentally, I suppose, what, how, how would you describe your business model then? Where, what, what, did you, what steps did you take to kind of monetize it? Um, so we have um, we have many different streams of income, but our two core streams of income are um, our membership. So we have you know training every single month going to our membership, um, and we also have our networking events. So we have around two hundred and sixty networking events a month. Um, until COVID, they were all offline. Yeah, um, and we swiftly moved them online. Um, and they're from Australia all the way over to Canada and dotted around in between. Um, and now they're online for, for the next month or so. So um, there are the two core, you know, core fundamental income streams. Uh, but we also have, you know, we've written books and, you know, we've got all kinds of things going on, retreats and VIP days. And, but, you know, there are two core, core income streams. Phenomenal. And how much would, does it cost to join? Is, it, is there various levels of membership or is it just like a set figure? Or? So for the membership, so for our trainings, um, the, the monthly is £23 a month. Um, and for our networking events, it's the £15 or equivalent to come to one of our events. Again, for our, our networking events, we don't have any membership fees. Um, we wanted to create something where people didn't feel the pressure to invest thousands of pounds you know in membership and not have be able to utilize what they paid for so it yeah that i mean that's the score fantastic 
So it's, it's affordable at every level, really, isn't it? It's... Yeah, so obviously we have one-to-one training and, you know, we get paid to speak, but it's, it's for the masses. This really is kind of, it's for everybody because we know as small business owners ourselves that sometimes you just want to be able to learn a skill. You want to be able to learn something that you, is going to be implementable into your business, but you might not have thousands of pounds to invest. Um, and I'm not the sort of person that would encourage somebody to just whack out their credit card at every given moment for a shiny course. So for me, it was really important to provide the masses with something that, that, that was valuable, but wasn't ridiculously priced. Of course. Now, understand. And I think that, that that's, that's, it's got a great price point, but also to the kind of level of um, impact that it has is also, you know, proportionate as well it, it's it, it what i can actually envisage is the fact that this is going to have mass appeal no matter which country you're in and and also to you know the benefits far outweigh the cost don't they and, and i think when you look at other networking events i know um like i think you've already mentioned bmi it, it's i think it's about 700 pounds to join in the first year and then 500 pounds 600 pounds a year thereafter plus plus monthly that hundred and something I think we looked because obviously we look we do our research we want to know who our competitors are I'm sure it was about 800 and something and then obviously the monthly fees that they've got to attend and you know that for me what really kind of got me thinking was the rules you know the pressure to bring other people in and the referrals and you know you you're timed when you speak and just a crazy to me it's a crazy concept it's just a crazy crazy concept i don't want my women kind of being buzzed or like a red card if they go over their 30 second elevator pitch i want people to create genuine relationships <laughs> to me it's just is is crazy um and you know the whole they're putting through their business for an app so that BNI can track their numbers and that again is just weird to me but but obviously well I was having my sister a billionaire and I respect him you know and his decisions but I just don't understand you know for me that's a massive turn off and I wanted to do I wanted to create something that wasn't that I wanted for women to be able to come and introduce themselves without the fear of kind of the buzzer going off or, you know, people judging them because their business card was printed by some cheap company rather than on some, you know, fancy paper. So again, that was really, really important when we were thinking about what, what kind of environment do we want to have for our, our women? That was it, you know, I want women to feel better leaving than when they arrived. And if they, they are, then then my job's done, you know? Um, and we've been pretty successful at it so far. Absolutely. You mentioned before that when you when you first started in business, that you'd walk into a room, etc., and feel as though um, somehow you didn't belong or somehow you didn't mm-hmm. kind of fit in. Um, mm-hmm. And I think we there's a there's a name for it now that we've kind of assigned to it that, that's quite popular, which is imposter syndrome, isn't there? Oh yeah, absolutely. What would you say? What, would, what advice would you give um, yourself um, now, taking into account, obviously, all, all your experience, etc., um, 
to you or I suppose or another woman that, that's feeling that kind of level of imposter syndrome what what advice would you give to her am I allowed to swear yeah <laughs> just fucking do it like really just do it there is this is mum life my son's just barged in um so I would just say just just do it just just do it just kind of take the bull by his horns and just crack on and get on and do it because life isn't waiting for you life is continuing to move at a rate of knots and if you are not taking action then you're losing traction for me and i think you know we're always judging ourselves we're always thinking about what if this person doesn't like us what you know what will they think etc 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 and actually does it really matter you know my little boy he's three he's just running here and before even at the start of mid I'd have thought what 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 will they think will they think this will they think that you know and now I'm so comfortable in my own situation in my own ability that I just think he's come in he's interrupted so what does it matter does it does it hinder my ability does it hinder my skill set no then i'm just going to own it you know and i think that i th- i genuinely think that's why we've been so successful is because we've given women a clear understanding of how you're actually able to achieve something with your current situation you know and I actually talked to somebody at the start of MIBA and she wouldn't um she wouldn't do an interview or something until her nanny was in the house and I just thought bloody hell you know if I was waiting for a nanny to show up I still wouldn't be doing anything and so that's not knocking anybody with a nanny but it's allowing women to understand that you can do anything that you want to do if you're prepared to put in the work it might be clunky it might be messy to begin with you know you might not be able to articulate effectively what you do you might have little people disrupt your your conversations or your interviews but actually in the grand scheme of life you're just you just need to take action you know and i think that is the most important thing that i want people to understand phenomenal what what a great what a great story. Um, one question that I wanted to ask, which we ask kind of all our guests really, is, is given everything that you've learned in your career, what four things would you say have been the most important? Oh, integrity, um, loyalty, um, authenticity and commitment i think they are four things that are hugely important in business i think they're hugely important in life but i think you know showing up authentically being committed to what you do leading with integrity and loyalty and just having for me my moral compass is at the center of what i do um and i've actually turned down working with some huge organizations and and speaking at some huge events because they don't align with my values. And I think that's something that is so crucial to understand is that you can grow a business, you can do whatever it is you want to do without wavering on those key things. 
you know i know obviously we have got to evolve we've got to move along we've got to be we've got to be flexible but also there's certain things that you shouldn't flex on and and they're things that you know that are really really important wonderful now that that to be honest it's it's almost like the four pillars on which everything is built really um integrity exactly. loyalty authenticity and commitment and you know one if one of them was was absent then the rest would tumble and um yeah. and no absolutely completely agree um the second question um slightly more fun i suppose is um if you you were to have say a tea party and you could invite anybody um alive or dead and um who would it be which three people would you would you bring or invite okay so i'd want to invite oprah i'd want to invite gary v and i would want to invite oh this is the hard one maybe michelle obama ah okay yeah those three why gary v I love Gary Vee. I love his straight talking, no BS attitude, straight to the point, you know, let's get stuff done. He works very, very similarly to I do. He doesn't do fluff. He doesn't do rah-rah. He's straight to the point. Um, so I love him. I think his energy is amazing. He's so energetic and just pumped all the time. Um, so yeah, I just, I love what he's about. You know, people love him or hate him, but I think he's amazing. He is quite Marmite, isn't he, really? <laughs> he is Marmite. I just, but I'm very Marmite. You know, I'm very Marmite. I tell it how it is, and people don't like that. And that's what you've got to remember is people don't, they're, we're brought up to be not straight shooters. We're brought up to kind of, you know, appease everybody. You can't. Stop trying. You know, it's just, it's ridiculous to expect yourself to do that does that make sense you that for me the reason why we have been so successful is because we are so open about who we are if i sat here and i was like yeah life's amazing you know it's all filters and blah blah and it's just it would be ridiculous i just fit right into the crowd now i'm here to say life is hard kids suck sometimes business is hard you know marriage is tough life is complicated it's not always easy your tax bill up. people go oh yeah she's actually telling the truth and nobody can deny whether they love me or hate me that i tell the truth because i do i tell it how it is and some people it gets their back up but the majority of people have a level of respect for you because you don't fluff around the edges you know completely agree absolutely well thank you very much indeed Leona for taking some time out and spending it with us um, I think there's some real kind of helpful um, hints and, and, and learnings I suppose within your story I think which our listeners will, will find really beneficial um, where can we find you what what you know what I mean obviously I'll put these in the show notes as well but you know where can we find you generally in terms of more information okay, so on, on facebook i'm leona burton on instagram i'm leona burton official i'm leona burton on linkedin you can have a look at mums in business association.com um, but if you just google mums in business association we are pretty much everywhere um, so you can come find us on most social media platforms and through the contact us page on the website wonderful that's perfect i'll include these like i said in the show notes anyway so people can kind of 
um, have a look themselves if they've not managed to kind of make a note of this. But thank you again for, for spending some time with us. Thank you so much for having me. No worries. Bye for now. I've got to say what a fantastic interview. I thoroughly enjoyed uh, chatting to the owner and, and certainly found it to be inspirational. Hope you did too. Now that is what we've got time for for today. But what I have done is I've included some details about the owner and also to about uh, Mums in Business Association in the show notes. So you can take a look at that. There's also a link to her book uh, that is co-authored with her sister. And um, and again, I've read, partially read the book, um, but I'm sure you'll find it inspirational. But until next week, that's all we've got time for. Thank you very much indeed for, for joining us again. Please don't forget to share and don't forget to uh, give us a review on Apple Podcasts and uh, please subscribe. Speak to you shortly. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.